Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. As always, it's me, Jack. And as nearly always, as I did miss a show a couple of weeks ago, it's Colin. Hi Jack, you good? Yeah, all good mate, yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Really good mate, really good. Um, we've kind of thrown this one together kind of last minute, haven't we? But you've you've done well with what you found. It's some quite interesting stuff, so I'm actually quite looking forward to it. Yeah, I also want to just mention that we... For a podcast to our side, we've managed to break the 50 patrons barrier. Um, I think we're up at 52 or 53, which, when you consider when you look at sort of other pods in, in, in this sort of size area, well, we're talking like 10 times as many as a lot of people out there, and it's like it's, it's nice, it's good. So, we are going to be doing. Maybe trying to do a live show or something in the next couple of weeks. Something for our patrons to come along to. We'll sit. We done it last time and we got like I don't know, virtually or something. Virtually, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be out and about. And a few people have asked that whether it's going to be like uh, in a pub or something like that. No, just be just be online. But it was fun last time, you know. And that was a, that was a wee while ago. And I think at the time it was we'd said once we got to thirty patrons or something we would do it. So the fact that we've managed to break to break fifty. I know it doesn't sound a lot, but it's for fifty people. For, for what? Yeah, for what we do. <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, I'm going to I'm going to be arrogant for a second, right? Because that's what I do. Fifty is for for a niche podcast with the two of us talking nonsense once a week. It's good going. The retention rates are fantastic. When people sign up, they don't tend to leave, which is great as well. And there's listen, there's some patrons out there, Jack, for big big subjects like. Rangers for talking sake that would love fifty subscribers. So, um, it's it's incredible. So thank you for all the support. Uh, it does mean a lot, and um, the little bit of money it brings in for us each month, it, it just makes all this even more worthwhile and helps us kind of justify the time that we spend on this sort of stuff and things. So it's much appreciated. We we do really appreciate it, and um, we will do the live show. And um, don't worry if you can't make the live show because in true. Wrong to memory, Jack and Colin style. We we will use the audio from that live show as that yeah, episode. Get to it <laughs> so uh, yeah, that. so don't worry. We'll pick a time that we hope works for everybody. Um, we'll do it after football season's finished. Maybe do it midweek when there's no football competing with it and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, we'll do it either on Zoom or uh, we'll find a way to do it that helps that people can join in and take part and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, great stuff. And uh, kudos to you, Jack, because you kind of instigated that as well with uh a tweet that you sent out basically promising a live show if we got to those numbers and we got to I think one of the listeners, I beg your pardon for not remembering exactly who it was um, got his son to sign up which was great Um, really good Um, so aye, um, thank you for doing that folks Um, it is super appreciated and it keeps us in giant skittles so thank you yeah the old giant skittles thing so yeah like we aim to entertain but at the the same time we we aim to educate but we don't we get things wrong a hell of a lot, but I managed to pull together something that I, I, I do find interesting, but we spoke about this before, sort of the etymology of words and the meaning of words, where they came from, things like that, and we found a big list of things that, words, that basically don't mean what you think they do. I've not read all of these, right, so some of them might um, be pretty obvious, like I, I, I read the first four or five, and some of them are pretty obvious, I was like, yeah, I've never thought that but yeah. some of them I have 100% used incorrectly. 
Basically. I've not I've not read any of these, so I'll give you my I'll give you my live truths when we get to them, whether I've made the mistake in the past or not. Yeah, so we may as well just dive straight in, mate. So like like to, grammar pedants can be annoying. I get mm-hmm. that. I, I, I kinda get that, you know. Um the, the one thing that I the word that I use a lot in my work is effect or effect. Yeah. And no matter how many times it is simply explained to me, <laughs> I guess nearly every time. Just nearly every time. Just take a guess. And unless word picks up as a grammatical grammatical mistake with a little blue underline, it's getting left in, wrong or right. I cannot wrap my head around it. You get any sort of blind spots like that when it comes to sort of words and grammar and things? I've, I don't have blind spots per se, but I've got ones where your mobile phone doesn't always help you and I'm I'm too lazy to fix myself. So there and there is probably the famous one and I use that incorrectly all the time. And half the time I know I'm doing it incorrectly, half the time I don't, but I'm not going to go back and change a text message or a WhatsApp message or something just because of that. That's mm. one. Um, any other ones that I make a mistake of quite a lot? The, no, there's not really any I can think of. The, the, the other kind of thing that links into that, which I get wrong all the time, is, you know the word queue, as in I'm going to queue up for this shop? The queue um, version, yeah. Yeah, so Q-U-E-U-E. Uh-huh. I always spell that wrong. Like, I have to, like, stop and just think, right, how do I spell Q? And it's Q-U-E-U-E, it's dead easy. And I ha- but, and like when I stop and do that, it's dead simple. But if I'm in a sentence, if I'm midway through a message or typing something and I get to the word Q, it throws me every single time. I, 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 my brain wants to just write the letter Q or it wants to write the snooker Q. <laughs> it's C-U-E. Yeah, um, that's probably the main one that kind of gets me in that sort of respect. Definitely, it's kind of one that I end up <laughs> defiantly. Like that quite a lot. <laughs> Defiantly, yeah. That's, a lot of it is, I think, text messages and like predictive text and stuff as well. I think is part of it for sure. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that helps particularly. But uh, the very first one here is something that I have used before, and it is that barter does not mean haggle. So I remember going to. Dubai many years ago before it was like before it was really the Dubai that we know before it was popular before, yeah, before it was popular yeah. um, my sister's husband worked for an accountancy company and get moved out there so we went and stayed for a, a week or two and it was a case of when you go to the markets we go always barter always barter with the, the people that are selling it they'll say $50 you say nah $10 and you can yeah. get it for 20 or whatever so I until today always thought that barter did mean haggle but in fact, if you haggle, you negotiate a cash price. If you barter, you exchange one skill, commodity, or thing for another. Typically, without money being involved at all. So when you're bartering, you'll say, um, "You give me that fish, and I'll stitch your clothes, your clothes for you." Basically, it's nothing to do with money. But I was, yeah, I would have used it. I bartered with him and got it for cheaper. That's not I think, I think I would have used it the other way. I think I would have used haggle as both. So haggle for negotiating cash or haggle for bartering. I think I know that bartering just means like, give me some salt and I'll give you some soap. Uh-huh. Um, 
But I would also have said that Haggle meant the same thing as that, which obviously it doesn't. So that's that is that's one I've learned right away. So good. The next one is like you just take this one because this one. This one's a bit of a yeah. Yeah, this one this one doesn't surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bemused doesn't mean amused, and I totally agree it doesn't. Um, the the actual explanation has got the cheek to say strictly speaking. Bemused and amused don't mean the same thing. They absolutely don't. Um, bemused means wryly amused, um, which is so widespread nowadays that it's found its way into the dictionary. Bemused actually means dazed, bewildered, or idled or addled. Um, so yeah, amused, you find something funny. Bemused is almost like, I can't believe that. That's ridiculous sort of thing, um, which is what that lesson is. So, no, 100%. Uh, next one as well. I don't even know if I want to get into this one because uh, it's depreciate does not mean deprecate. Well, I know that. Like, I, like, I cannot, like, that's one that I, as clear as day. Like, when something depreciates, depreciates, it goes down in value, and deprecate is to, like, disapprove of something or, like, denounce it, criticise it, basically. Um, deprecation and depreciation aren't the same thing. But yeah, I knew that one. The next one, however, I kind of think. I could interchange these words. Yeah, I think I could too. Mm-hmm. So dilemma does not mean quandary. So the use of dilemma means two. So a dilemma is a like a situation. In which so that's the die, isn't it? The, yeah, the die means two. I so it's made between two things. Yeah, and it's not just a problem. That that's a quandary. You're stuck in a quandary. That's just a problem. Right, but I okay. would think if if you were stuck and I've definitely used dilemma to mean. Just a problem. That's a bit of a dilemma, that one. Yeah. Unless there's two options, it's strictly not correct. You know, um, I don't know if you'll know this or not, um, there was a song called Dilemma by Nelly and Kelly, and it was number one on my 18th birthday. I've heard that, yeah, I've heard... About, yeah, I've heard that, I know it, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a famous song, because in the video, um, Kelly Rowland... Um, She's she's trying to be all technical and futuristic and stuff like that, and she's sending a text message to Nelly on her phone, it's and when it's Excel spreadsheet, yeah, it's an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> on her phone. Yeah, that's quite that's quite a famous um, blooper. From yeah, the but, I, but, back in the but day. Nelly Nelly and Kelly dilemma is my 18th birthday song. So there we go. I'm just curious what was number ones. This is live number ones. Well, you're doing that. I'll see, when I was born, number one was uh, George Michael Wham with Freedom, which is quite apt as well because I I was I was free from my mother's womb. So there we go. Um, when I was eighteen in two thousand and three, it was <laughs> um, the Mad Pisser, R. Kelly, with the oh. remix. Ignition, wow, what a fucking tune, by the way. <laughs> um, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Um, yeah, and a couple of weeks after awesome. that, it was uh, the fast food rockers with... Oh, uh, um, McDonald's, McDonald's. Kentucky Fried Chicken and a pizza. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, that's, that's it, R. Kelly and the fast food rockers. That's much better than Ellie and Kelly. Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes, which is... Um, some, some good ones, yeah. She the darks quite a lot. Um, sorry, I'm not just going to read out all the number just, ones. Just, just the number ones from that. Time. Yeah. So the next one, I did, I did know this, but again, probably sort of used the, the wrong term at the wrong point, mate. 
So disinterested doesn't mean uninterested. Um, many people don't realise there's a difference at all here. Uninterested means not interested, and it's a synonym of words like bored, impervious, indifferent, and unemotional. Disinterested means not having an interest in something, and as such, it's a synonym of words like impartial, uninvolved, or unbiased. The two are often used interchangeably these days and have effectively become synonyms of each other, but there is a distinction uh, between the two. So I am disinterested, Jack, in science, but I'm uninterested in listening to my mum talk about the weather. Is that right? So, Would that be two good examples, I think? No, I don't think so. If you're disinterested in science, you find it boring, no? Yeah. Um, Actually, that's uninterested as well, so both dis, examples... Dis, yeah, disinterested just means you don't care about... Yeah, I've done it twice. I've done the wrong one twice, haven't I? Uh-huh, you, you've used... You've given an example of uninterested twice, huh? You think I'm boring, uninterested in. That's how easy it is to make this mistake then, isn't it? So I'm mm. disinterested in science. I'm uninterested in... I don't know. What am I interested in? Right, so let, 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 let's just use the synonyms here. <laughs> the syn- uh, syn- that's, the, that's a type of bun. The synonym. <laughs> yeah. So uninterested, you find something boom. So like, like I'm uninterested in chess, right? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, you know what? I'm uninterested in science then as well. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So you, yeah. what you said earlier was uninterested. Disinterested mean not having an interest in something. So impartial, uninvolved. So I'm disinterested in, like, um, the, the the plight of the 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 brown monkeys in yeah, yeah, Beijing. Yeah. yeah, you don't find it boring, but you don't have an interest yeah. in it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So that we got there eventually God, using we, both we, of we our should, brains. <laughs> we should be teachers, honestly. Like people should be paying us more than they are for this, even. Yeah, um, I've, I've actually tried to pull me up for this one. Uh, not really? that long ago, and I don't know, I don't know if it was on Twitter or something like that. But electrocute does not mean to get an electric shot. The one is, is the, can, I've not read this yet. Can I try and figure? Is, is electrocute the act of electrifying somebody? We are no, getting electric. If, if you're electrocuted, you die from an electric shock. If you're electrocuted, you're dead. Oh. But if you get if you're electrocuted. You get elect- um, you get electrified if you get a shock. Like say you put a plug in, get that's electrified. Right. Okay. If you get electrocuted, you you did you die from it. Right. Okay. It's like okay. execution, electrocution. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. Cool. We got there. As well. um, enormity doesn't mean enormousness. Um. I think that's true. I think it, because and the, you can you can talk about the, I, I'm not reading the the example yet here, but for me, enormity you can be talking about something very small. Um, you could you could you could say well, the enormity of this really isn't very much at all. So I don't know why we're making such a big deal of this. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean massive. It doesn't mean yeah, big size. It right, could okay. be small. You're just talking about size that people assume because enor and enormousness that it's it's big, but that it's not. And I think we've explained that better than they do there. Silly Merriam-Webster dictionary, so we can move on. That's it. Factoid does not mean fact. I kind of knew that as well. I, I kind of thought a factoid was something that wasn't true. <laughs> I, th- I thought a factoid was just a word that was made up by people that do like those game shows and stuff about facts and stuff. I didn't think it was an actual word. Uh, so this was coined in 1973. Okay. 
But unlike most people who use it today, he did not intend it. This is the guy that made it up um, to mean a throwaway piece of trivia. Instead, factoids are facts which have no existence before appearing in a magazine or newspaper. Creations which are not so much lies as a product to manipulate emotion in the silent majority. So in other words, it's an invented bit of fake news. I See, I thought that factoid was made up. Okay. Here's a, but you will hear, hear people say, here's a factoid for you. Like, yeah. Wombats do square jobbies. No, that's a fact. That's not a uh-huh. factoid. Mm-hmm. So a factoid is, is basically a lie or a mistruth, which is presented as truth, basically. So yeah, basically. Sort of thing. Uh-huh. Well, okay. that, that's the way that the guy who made it up intended it to be used, but it's now in common parlance as just a fact, but it's not a fact. Here's one which I definitely have got wrong in the past. Um, flaunt doesn't mean flout. Um, flaunting involves showing something off. You can flout the rules, but you can't flaunt the rules. I'm positive I've said flaunt the rules. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Do you know who would love this? Martin Ramsey. Martin would be right in amongst us, yeah. He would be, um, right, up to the, he'd be right up in this. He would love it. Fortuitous does not mean fortunate. I'd have swore blind it did. I'd have swore blind, yeah. The similarity between fortuitous and fortunate has led to the pair becoming all but interchangeable. But if you want to get pedantic, which we're doing on this show, something that is fortuitous just happens by chance or luck. If it happens by good luck, then it's fortunate. So fortunate is good luck. Fortuitous is just bad luck, good luck, chance. Right, okay. All right then, okay. So it'd be fortuitous that... You, I was going to say found a tenor. That's fortunate. Fortuitous would be you'd met your old teacher and you had a chat. Is that good? Or, is that fortuitous? Does that just mean um, it happened by chance? That just happened by chance, yeah. You, like, you, you, in the same place at the flipping, same time. Flipping a coin and it landing on heads or tail, that's for, it doesn't matter. That's fortuitous. It doesn't matter because yes. it's no good or bad. Unless you've picked heads, then it's fortunate. Yes. And heads comes up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe should I read these before we get into the nitty gritty of this? Oh, but I'm quite enjoying it's, it. It's all it's all part of the charm. Um, grizzly, G R I Z Z L Y, doesn't just a spelling mean mistake. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Do, doesn't mean horrible. Um, the word you're looking for is probably grizzly, G R I S L Y. In fact, despite the fact that grizzly bears are brown, grizzly actually means grey haired. Um, no, so yeah, so Stephen Harrigan, our friend, has got a grizzly beard. There we go. Yes. I'm starting to find a few white hairs and stuff like that in my moustache in the last sort of couple of months and weeks. I just pick, yeah. pull it out one by one. Um, hone, H-O-N-E, doesn't mean to close in. No, it doesn't. It simply uh, means to sharpen. So you can hone your wits or your senses, but you can't hone in on something. You could home in on it. Oh, no, I don't know that. I don't like that. Yeah, I... because I've definitely said I. I honed in on them, or yeah, absolutely, hundred percent used that wrongly. But it's home. You home in on something like a homing bird, a homing pigeon, a homing missile, but not hone. Uh, okay, um, here's one I can guarantee that we've both <laughs> yes. got wrong, and uh-huh. I imagine every listener has as well. Uh, loaf doesn't mean hate. Um, just as love with an e doesn't mean unwilling. If you are loath to do something, then you just don't want to do it. L o a t h. You might also love it, L-O-A-T-H-E, but of the two, love with an E is the verb, and that means simply to dislike greatly. 
See, this is the thing when it comes to effect and effect that I was talking about. My boss, I say to him all the time, here, mate, um, can you tell me what I meant to use here? And he'll go, one's a verb, one's a noun. I'm like, all right, I don't know. I don't, still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. So, yeah, loathe with an E as a verb, which is a... A doing word. Doing word. So you actively dislike something, you loathe yeah. it. But if you're loath to do it, you don't want to do it. So that's not a doing word. Fucking hell. <laughs> Education time on long-term memory. Luxuriant does not mean luxurious. Again, these words are pretty... Uh, interchangeable, but luxuriant and luxurious are not really synonyms. Something that is luxurious is characterised by luxury, whereas something that is luxurant is lush, overblown, or prolifically overabundant. <laughs> right, I want you to pay attention to the various group chats that we're in right. over the next couple of weeks because I'm going to call somebody prolifically overabundant at some point, right? <laughs> Just, just look yeah. out for it, right? So, like, luxury is, yeah, like a like a big lazy boy. That's a luxury seat. Luxuriant would be like, look how luxuriant that forest is. <laughs> okay. Is yeah, overblown, wash, wash. Yeah. Is that even right? That might be wrong. I don't know. This one is well nonplussed. Yeah, nonplussed doesn't mean not bothered. Um, many people use nonplussed to mean unperturbed or uh, unperturbed, sorry, or unaffected, but it actually means perplexed or confounded. Right. It comes from Latin, like most words. Um, the expression non plus or non plus, which literally means no more, and in this context refers to a situation in which you're so utterly confused or bewildered that you can't say or do anything else. So, not bothered is obviously just don't care about something. Nonplussed or nonplussed means that you just can't you can't get your head around it because you just don't get it. Yeah, confused, confounded by it. Okay. This one again, oblivious doesn't mean unaware. Oblivious doesn't mean unaware. He right. is oblivious to that. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely made that mistake then. Yeah. Or at least it didn't all oh, right, here we go. It didn't originally. So oblivious derives from the same root as oblivion and originally meant forgetful or lacking memory, when it first appeared in the language, all the way back in the 15th century. The looser and now much more widespread meaning of oblivious to mean unaware or unconcerned is a latter development of the original meaning, but isn't universally accepted. So I'd imagine there's some authors and stuff like that that would be pissed off if you went, he's oblivious of the situation. They'd be going, no, that's not yeah. right. Mark, yeah, they'd mark you down the bastards, wouldn't they? They'd yeah. mark you down. Minus one, Mark. Um, peruse doesn't mean browse. <laughs> you peruse stuff. Right, okay, yeah. let's see where this goes. So you'll often hear about people talking about idly perusing magazines or websites with the implication that they're casually glancing over them and not taking them in in too much detail. In fact, what they're saying is quite the opposite. The, per- the pair of peruse means thoroughly or completely. Um, just as it does in words like perturb or perfect. So perusing something actually means studying it in great detail. Um, However, yeah, and here's here's the issue with this one. However, some dictionaries also include the more recent meaning of to read casually. So this actually sounds like this is a word that's actually been changed. They've actually adapted and accepted the new meaning of it if it's appearing in some dictionaries. Yeah. Plethora? Um, 
doesn't plethora. mean a lot of. Plethora. Doesn't mean a lot of. Strictly speaking, it means too much of. Or an overabundance of. Originally, it was a medical term referring to a surplus or imbalance of bodily fluids. Oh, nice. In particular, blood um, that could be blamed for a period of ill health. In the sense, it literally means fullness in Greek. So a plethora of everything. cats outside your house. You, too many cats. Like if there was like 40 cats outside, you'd be like, oh, fucking hell. There's a plethora of cats out there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, would, I, would, I would say there's a plethora of food here or... I would always use. I would use it to mean a lot of, or a great amount, or I, I would use it in that regard. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if I'd say too much. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm a bit of a. I'm a bit simple sometimes. Like if I wanted to say something was too much, I think the words I would use is too much. Too much, probably. Yeah, oh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't use plethora in that in that instance. Um, here's a word I don't even think I can I say. I don't. Eat, I don't know this word. Yeah. Um, prevaricate, P R E V. A R I C A T E prevaricate. <laughs> that doesn't mean to put off. Um, confusion with procrastinate is probably the root of the use of prevaricate to mean to waste or play for time or to put off until a later date. Instead, to to prevaricate actually means to speak or act evasively. Um, you might have the intention of stalling for time in doing so, but that is not the word's meaning. Um. We've all learned something there because prevaricate is a word I don't think I've ever heard before. It's a word that I've never said in my life. Yeah, me neither. Refute doesn't mean deny. Yes, it does. <laughs> I refute that means that you can prove it to be false, not merely that you deny or reject that it's true. So you need to be able to prove that it's false when you right, refute okay. something. Okay. Not just that you disagree with it. I suppose that's kind of a courtroom term then, or I suppose more yeah, than anything else. Something like that. Okay. Th- this one's a bit sort of mind twisting as well, I think. Yeah, regularly doesn't mean often. Um, if something happens regularly, then it happens at regular, ordered intervals, or in a predictable, uniform way. How often or how seldom these intervals occur isn't actually implied by the word itself. So regularly doesn't mean the same as frequently. Um, I think it certainly does in terms of what people say. It's definitely adapted that use, if it wasn't the original meaning of it. Because if you talk about regular payments, you talk about going to a pub on a certain night regularly. We record regularly on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. So it's I don't know if I really agree with that one. Yeah, but, but according to this, we don't. We record frequently. If anything, we record infrequently. But yeah, it's no, okay. Still, we still record like once a week, but it's yeah. not... It's, just, it's there's not no Tuesday at seven o'clock. Yeah. No, there's well, not. As much as we would like it to be. Reticent. Does it mean hesitant? It does. Reticent means unwilling to speak or not forthcoming. It's used so often in the place of reluctant, which just means unwilling. That's often listed in the dictionary as a synonym of unenthusiastic or uh, disinclined, but strictly speaking, it's a lot more specific than that. So if you're reticent, you can't be reticent to do something by the sounds of this, but you can be reticent to te- uh, tell a story about somebody or go right, to court okay. because you don't want to speak out about it. You don't want to be forthcoming okay. about it. That okay. makes sense. Um, I would have used so, you're just reticent to do something. I would have 100% yeah, that I'm, one. 
Yeah, Jack, I'm reticent to record tonight, my man. Can we put it off to tomorrow? Oh, I, that's I, I the, don't that's understand the kind of, That's the kind of highbrow language we usually communicate with each other in. <laughs> no, um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> that happens once a month, but either me or you, mate. Just or you, yeah. One, one of us, once a month, wakes up to eight missed calls and five <laughs> messages from you. Half past nine uh, at night, confused, man. Yeah. Is, it mon- is it Tuesday morning or is it Monday yeah. night? Mm-hmm. We were supposed to record two and a half hours ago, and I've just left you, and I'm fast asleep, or else you've done it to me. I think it happens all the time, right? It does. It's, it's, it's I think it would, it, would, it would annoy a lot of people, but we just got on with it. Um, Celebrious doesn't mean good. Um, I'm going to be honest here, without reading this, I don't think I know what Celebrious means. Uh, right, if somebody had a gun to my head and said, use Celebrious in a sentence now, or I'll shoot you. I'd probably have to get shot in the back of the head, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'd say something like that. Lemonade is celebrity. You'd be using that as good then, but it doesn't mean that. Yeah, it's, mm. so it means anything that is positive um, or has a positive effect, often effect Jack, like this. Yeah. Uh, or influence. Actually, celebrities derives from a Latin word literally meaning safe or healthy. Uh, oh, that rings a bell, actually. The healthy side of it does ring a bell in my head somewhere. My brain just perked up at that. It's um, it very salubrious. <laughs> depends where you're putting it. Um, it should <laughs> only ever be used to describe things that are positive or beneficial to your health. Salubri- I'm sure I've heard the word salubrious with vitamins in the past. I'm sure I've heard vitamins and minerals described as salubrious, which rings a bell for the whole healthy thing. Right, but, okay, so that's like something we covered, one of the words we covered not that long ago, but it's, it can only have a a positive annotation, that's not the right word, but kind of a positive outcome, basically. Celebrate. Um, Torturous doesn't mean unbearable. Okay. Um, the word you're looking for there is. Wait, wait a minute. The word you're looking for there is torturous, but that's just a word I said with a second no, R. Again, that's just a spelling mistake here. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's fair. I can deal with spelling mistakes. We'll just skip over that one. Yeah, and then the last one is one I do agree with. Travesty doesn't mean disaster. Um, oh, it's an absolute travesty. Uh, confusion with the word tragedy has led to any deplorable occurrence or situation being described as a trap. Excuse me, as a travesty, but that's not really what the word means. A travesty is a distorted, unpleasantly mutated version or imitation of something. Right. So a travesty of justice isn't just bad justice; it's a perverted, burlesque form of true justice. In that sense, travesty derives from the French word meaning to disguise. Um, I've always used the word travesty, mate, as an example of when something's unlucky or when somebody doesn't deserve what's happened to them more than anything. So if somebody's house went on fire while they were sleeping, I'd say that was a travesty more than a disaster because they were just in their bed. It wasn't their fault and it just happened. That sort of a thing would be for me as well when I would use the word travesty or when Rangers are, are all over a team for 89 minutes and one in two, one in one nil, and then they lose a goal in the last minute, I would say that's a travesty. Because Alan McGregor doesn't come off his leg to catch a cross. Yeah. It's a travesty, he never done that. It's a travesty. Travesty. Um, so yeah, that would be how I would do that one. Um, but yeah, I would if you said to me, if somebody said to me, by the way, travesty doesn't mean disaster, I'd say I know. But I've, I've used it for, I've used it in place of disaster. Have you? It's a fucking travesty, that man. Yeah, as a disaster, as a travesty of a result, for example, basically means in my head as a disaster a result. But yeah, 
That was quite interesting, to be fair. That was interesting, yeah. 31 minutes on those words, that's interesting stuff. Right, okay. Um, we'll give you another 10 minutes, guys. We're going to go to uh, gobbledygook words from 1940. So the 1940 slang terms. We're not going to do all of these um, because some of them I've never really heard of, but some of them I have heard of that start in the 1940s. Okay. Like, for example... Uh, cooking with gas. Everybody right. said that. That's cooking with gas now. Obviously, that came from the nineteen forties, and it doesn't take a genius to work this out. Um, basically, because well, you could cook with gas <laughs> for the yeah, first time back in the forties. Because gas was a new thing. Yeah, okay, uh, that makes sense. That one. But, but we've used that. Yeah, cooking with gas. Um, the next one that we get to that we've heard of, we'll let you go through because I've not heard of cornball or duh. Well, duh, yeah. d u h. Duh. Duh. I, I read that for Homer Simpson. The uh-huh. one I was oh. going to stop at was number five, Eager Beaver. Uh huh, uh huh. That's what I stopped so, well. um, Eager Beaver for me is just somebody in work that volunteers for everything and always wants to get the work done in the right time and all that sort of stuff. Just that you're a shop, you mate, you're right, you're right, Eager Beaver. Um, what it actually means, um, if you ever come across as an excessively hard working person, you'd like to call them an Eager Beaver. Although the phrase certainly alludes to the animal. Beavers are industrious creatures building watertight dams and engineering whole lodges with at least two underwater entrances to evade predators. Um, eager beaver wasn't popularised along a river, but instead on the front lines of World War II. Right. Um, according to a 1942 dispatch, it referred to a soldier imbued with a desire to please his superiors with a show of exuberance for unpleasant tasks, which his buddies look upon with distaste. So... The guy that was quite happy to go and skin the enemy or scalp them and stuff like that. He right. was an eager beaver. That's pretty interesting as well. Uh, gobbledygook. So have you ever listened to an unending lecture or read the fine print of an instruction manual Then you're going to come across a bit of gobbledygook, which the Dictionary of Slang defines as pompous, long-winded, vague speech or writing, heavily laced with jargon. We hate that. Uh, we always get told them what writing clear, specific English, basically, like don't be using all sorts of jargon for the sake of it. First coined in 1944, though, um, in a memo by Maury Maverick, um, who was then the chairman of the Small War Plants Corporation. He banned okay. his staff from using such language. Stay off the gobbledygook, he said, basically. <laughs> it only fouls people up for the Lord's sake. Be short and say what you're talking about, which I totally agree with. Uh, caught on immediately, and a few months later, it was in the New York Times magazine, basically. Don't use gobbledygook okay. or jargon. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stop next at hipster. Mm-hmm. So hipsters, as they're identified today, young people um, attuned to the latest trends, particularly if they're seen as counterculture, aren't all that different to those first categorised as such in the jazz age. Um, in the early 1940s, um, a label described jazz musicians and fans. Uh, hipster was cribbed from terms first used by the black community. The jazz term hip or hip, meaning up to date, and hipster. And the latter term was used in the creation of Hipster's Dictionary, mm-hmm. a listing of 200 Harlem musician expressions used by hip cats round about in 1938. Um, so that's where the word hipster comes from, which... I don't think it's ever been more popular than it is now to be a hipster. I don't know, is, is, has hipsterism not sort of fell away the last couple of years? Like, no, I think, 
I, I think see countries like fucking penny farthings and stuff like that. <laughs> still do you like? You don't get that side of it, but I still think it's. I think it's just became the norm for young people now to want to be different, and it's okay to be different. So it's almost like being a hipster is kind of. It's kind of just became the normal thing. Right. Okay. The word honcho, like head honcho, head um, honcho. synonymous with the boss. Basically, it was adapted from a Japanese word hancho, which means leader of the squad section or group. And it was brought back to the United States by the large presence of servicemen, obviously in Japan during occupation after World War Two. So yeah, that makes sense. Head honcho. Um, the I, next one. I've never heard of it, but I like the sound of it. So I'm going to say it because it's quite. Right. I, I like the sound of it. Kaki wacky. <laughs> um, those living in the 1940s shared a thing with rhyming and khaki-wacky is perhaps the most overt expression of this particular slang style. Uh, Green's Dictionary of Slang first cited it in 1943 in the midst of World War Two, and it described it as a woman enamoured by men in military uniform. So right. if you like a man in the old um, soldier suit, you would say that they're your khaki-wacky. The khaki <laughs> turns you wacky. That actually makes, that actually makes sense to be fair. <laughs> Party pooper, like we've all heard of that. Yep. Um, but you ever wondered who the world's first party pooper was? Allegedly, the expression um, debuted in the late 1940s among some college students, and its first known use was in 1947. And four years later, Newsweek wrote about the term, stating that the party pooper had taken the place of wallflower or wet blanket. So, meanwhile, okay. the dictionary of slang defends it as a spoil spot, which is what. Um, I would use it as, and in far worse terms, one who sabotages the pleasures and enjoyments of their companions, whether at a party or another amusement. Yeah, we all know party poopers that just suck the life out of everything. So. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll do one more, and you can do one more, Jack. I'll go with whammy. Uh-huh. Um, well before there was any talk of a double whammy, there was a singular whammy. <laughs> um, I, I, I like the creator by adding a Y ending to the word wham, meaning a solid blow. And this was regularly used in the 40s to describe a supernatural power bringing bad luck, according to Miriam Webster. So a whammy was a, a bad thing happening to you by a supernatural force. And then double whammy, which we kind of just, we almost like, we almost just see that as a, as a, as a second bad thing happening, don't we? Like, and the, the, the double whammy was... Aye. His cock fell off, or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a double whammy. Yeah. yeah, one of the ones, but yeah, double whammy, or whammy. I've never heard this one before, but I, I do think I watched that using it. <laughs> Which is, what's buzzing, cousin? What's buzzing, cuz? Yeah, but what's buzzing, cuz? It just means, what's up? First reason in the 1940s. Um, if you wanted to know how somebody was doing, you'd say, what's buzzing, cousin? What's buzzing, cousin? Yeah. I, quite, I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose like maybe maybe cousin was an early version of bro. Aye, maybe. Aye, yeah. Nineteen forty three. That was still used. Yeah, I bet you nineteen forty three people were probably a little bit more precious about referring to somebody as a brother because the family was probably more sacramented in that time, whereas cousin was okay because it wasn't quite as close as a brother. But right. nowadays, that nowadays that men hug each other and kiss each other cheek and all that, you're quite fine to say brother rather than cousin, probably. Yeah, what's happening, bro? I was buzzing, cousin. What's buzzing, cousin? I, I I prefer what's buzzing, cousin, to what's happening, bro. To be yeah. perfectly honest with you, and it's the first time I've heard it tonight. But um, that brings an end to our language education 
Wrong to remember for this week, Colin. It, it, it almost brings an end. I'm going to show you something, Jack. We, me and you are obviously speaking on camera. We're looking at each other's faces and we're both extremely lucky to be doing so. Uh-huh. Um, the people that come to the, the live show will get to or, or log into the live show will get to do that delight as well. Um, I'm going to just show you something. I told you about this, but I want to show you it live in person now because I, I noticed they're, just, they're, they're on the desk in front of me. Okay. Obviously, you'll be familiar with the idea of going to Las Vegas and going to the casinos and um, being looked after if you're a high roller. Uh-huh. They um they'll they'll send you free steak dinners. They'll send over champagne. They'll give you complimentary hotel suites and stuff like that. I recently received a letter in the post, a package in the post, Jack, um from Paddy Power, because Paddy Power um consider myself to be a high roller, okay, as a member of Paddy's Rewards Club, and right. this is I'm going to hold up what they've sent me, Jack, so you can see it. Okay. They have sent me. Y fronts, the Paddy Power Ys. Paddy Power Y fronts is what they've sent me in the post. Um, I just I'm automatically going... think of Nicholas Bentner when I see them. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to put it out there. They are green, white, and gold. <laughs> so they will never touch my penis. Um, but yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that Paddy Power saw fit to me to send out to me this week. A pair of Y fronts. Pair of eyes. Yeah. Like, I, I think when I joined Paddy Power, I'd have been staying at my old address, so I wonder if they maybe sent a pair to my old address. They might have done, because we've, we've pretty much been doing bet for bet recently with the stuff we've been doing on that website, so I'd imagine if they, if they see me as a high roller, they would see you in the same ilk. Um, but yeah, a nice pair of eye fronts. So nice pair of eyes. Nice pair of eye fronts, yeah. Um, maybe we could give them away as a prize at the live show, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Aye. We could sign them. Um, what size did they send you? Just a generic. There's, there's not even a size on them, so it's just, just, just be a generic, <laughs> a generic size. Yeah, Aye. like I don't wear Y fronts. I haven't for a long, 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 long time. Like basically oh. since I was a child. Even the look of them just feels horrendous. And see this bit here. See mm-hmm. the wee the wee pouch for getting your cock out to do a wee sneaky pee. Yeah, that's just that's fake. It's just What's sealed. On. Is it? So you would need to pull. You would need to pull the elastic, blow your cock. Pull it to the side, aye. Do a wee cider. Or cider, yeah. aye. You could, aye. You could stick it to the side, I suppose. Aye. You could. Easier, easier than boxer shorts because there's no leg, I suppose. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's what old uh, Paddy Power sent me. Serves me right for using such a bookie, I suppose. Um, it's, just yeah, sheer laz- it's just sheer laziness, but because the guy that we've sort of been following recently just posts a link and it takes you directly to the Paddy Power thing. <laughs> to the called. bet. Yeah, yeah, instead of putting it on another website by yourself. Absolutely. But yeah, there we go. Right, mate, that was good fun. I enjoyed that. I learned some things that I'll try and remember. Uh, yes, me too. Right. Um, yeah, speak to you soon, guys. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Um, Patreon.com forward slash long-term memory. If you care, give us a share. Bye. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, give us a share. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash long-term memory or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely. And if for whatever reason they can't do that and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. (laughs) 